It's time to be heard. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's time for One Too Many Voices with your host, Love Scopes author and father of all things One Too, Mark Husson. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of One Too Many Voices. And this is a fun panel because we're going to talk about superstitions right in the midst of a Mercury retrograde. So I think this is an appropriate topic because my gang with me today are people that sort of seem to be on the fringe of the, what is normal and, and what are the boxes. These are people that I think actually do color outside the box. And if you color outside the box, you have had to certainly confront some fears and some of your own personal belief systems. So starting off, I'm just quickly going to run through my panel. The lovely, wonderful psychic cat, Kathleen Hall. Cat, are you with me? I am, Mark. Hi, everybody. I'm Chris. Can you always introduce everybody before I get a chance to? The second, which is so psychic of you. And next next to Kat would be Chris Bruchard. You probably remember Chris. She's been with One Two Listen Advisors. She's a remarkable astrologer, a lovely personality, a heart as big as the country. And I just adore her. I can believe she agreed to come. And I'm so glad you did. Chris, you with us? I'm with you. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. Just like old times. We did a show together, you remember, on Super Bowl Sunday. I know. I know. Just, <laughs> and I thought of you on Super Bowl Day. Last but certainly not least, I don't know. Many of you don't know this guy or have never heard of him before. He's just making an entrance into our world. No, he's everywhere. We love him. We adore him. Mo Abdelbaki. Mo, you with me? I'm with you. Thank you. Yay. Welcome. <laughs> I know. I feel really goofy and silly today, and maybe it is the retrograde. But, you know, I, my phones have been ringing off the hook. My texts have been, re- have been texting off the, off the phone and, and email people. <laughs> People are freaking Mercury is stopped in the sign of Pisces for Western astrology, and it's going to be aiming backwards. It's going to appear to be moving backwards. It's in that really psychic sign. I think that uh, anyway, Mercury tends to make us a little more psychic when it goes in reverse. But what in the heck is up with all these superstitions? And I like to start with Mo, the, the, the tends to be more scholarly about these things and also uses a little bit of a different system than us to find out the phenomenon of Mercury and maybe Mo, you could address where the hell did it start getting this horrible reputation? Well, you know, Mercury goes back and forth across the sun, um, essentially, you know, three or four times a year, about three times a year, right? Yeah. And one of the things about Mercury is that it is considered to be, if you look at the uh, the Magus in Tarot, it rules that. And so Mercury is about communication and both sides of communication. So you know, the magus, you know, if you look at a sleight of hand magician, they're appearing to do one thing, but they're actually lying to you. They're doing something completely different. So within the truth is the line, within the lie is the truth. Well, the thing with the retrograde, I think, is that what it represents is that other side of Mercury. Uh, when Mercury goes from one side, by the way, I do believe, I haven't told anyone this, I don't think, that the Lemnus Gate, the symbol for infinity, is based upon the movement of Mercury back and forth across the sun Ooh. as it forms that, you know, that loop. Um, I always thought it was my dieting cycle. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Big, little, big, little. Well, that's amazing, Mo. I love that. So the Lemniscape, is that what it's called? Lemniscape, yes. And and so what we have is this this thing that when Mercury goes retrograde, and of course it's only apparent motion. I fought against this for years. You know that. Mm. Back in the old days, I'd say, yeah, don't talk to me about that. And then do you remember I had that Camry that – 
the audio system would go out every time there was a retrograde. <laughs> yes, I did. I was like, what the heck? You know, so, but I still didn't believe it. But the thing is, is that it changes the energy from one of straightforward communication to one of being kind of, okay, we have a backhanded, passive-aggressive, strange, confused energy now. And it dealt with the mind because Mercury is also, remember, Mercury was Eros, right? Yes. Um, The concept. So it was dark erotic thoughts as well. So I think that that's where it kind of comes from. Plus, there was a dark and bright side to Mercury in almost every uh, tradition. Mercury is the psychopomp, takes us from the land of the living into the land of the dead. So when it turns retrograde, it's like, uh uh-oh, what's coming on here? So I think there's a lot of fear around it. There is. And isn't Mercury a trickster, too? Did you mention trickster? So I think some of that, too. Hey, Chris, when you, as an astrologer, um, studied astrology, and I know all astrologers know the retrograde cycle, did you validate it in your own personal experience as like a time of like, you know, uh, be careful or how did it get wired in you? I've never had, um, actually, I don't think I've really had any experiences of, um, my computer crashing or anything crazy like that happening. Um, I've always felt like it was just that internal time to reevaluate and, um, rethink things that are going on. And, and of course, wherever Mercury was in, wherever it was in my chart, that seemed to be the, the big focus for me. So that's how I've always looked at it. Did you prepare for them in a, a, like if you knew a Mercury retrograde was coming, was there something that you would do or just, just like just notice what house it was in and then pay attention? I would just notice what house it was in and pay attention. Mm. And if I felt like there was um, something obviously obvious to me that I really needed to uh, go back and, and re-examine, then I would, but Okay, I love that. Yeah. So you haven't been jaded. Kat, no. you, you, I love that. Kat, what about you? You you have some opinions about the retrograde that are from old learning cycles and, and new. I always see it in you as a Gemini. And by the Definitely. way, Kat is a Gemini. Chris is an Aquarian. And Mo is a Taurus. And again, we're always going to reference Western systems because I, I feel like poor little Mo grimaces a little because he is so away from the Western <laughs> system. But that's what we're doing. So Kat. What what is your experience of the mer- mer- Mercury retrograde, and especially around clients too? Definitely, because it's a really great time for you know back in in the day, so to speak, when I started to learn astrology, and and I of course I want to buck the system, so I tried to go against my grain or 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 the universe's grain, saying this isn't going to affect me. I'm going to prove it wrong. I'm like mm-hmm. you know kicking and screaming about it, and over time I have learned, and through you of course, I've learned that. There are blessings in disguise that come through the retrograde cycles, and, it, and over time, it has been proven that it's you know predictions come true, and and things are revisited in that way. As a psychic, I I look forward to it now because. You know, I'm not going to deny that the appliances break down. My dryer goes down just like Moe's Camry every single cycle. My dryer, you know, for some reason it will not dry close during a Mercury <laughs> retrograde. So we have to, you know, use it 10 times on one load of laundry. So annoying. But it, all of a sudden it'll work. You know, it'll be fine three weeks from now. So we go through that. And then my phones, of course. And I, I think because I have quadruple planets 
in Mercury ruled signs there, you know, I have four major planets in, in, in two signs, uh, that are ruled by Mercury, Gemini and Virgo. I think I feel it, you know, yeah. uh, depending yeah. on where it is. And, and at the same time, I've learned to let go of the fear of it because people do call, you know, for guidance and they may be in a more of a state of fear. And what I've learned through predicting is that when you are predicting ahead through the retrograde cycle, I go beyond the period of looking at the next three and a half weeks or the next three weeks, whatever the time frame is, because I know that this is a temporary or especially where relationships are, are taken into consideration. I always know to look beyond that time frame. So I've learned how to do that as a professional in that I can, you know, really take that into consideration like you know that things are going to change i got that and i and i do think there is something to the virgo gemini thing if you're mercury ruled you might have your ruler in the sky going backwards might mess you up especially if you're not willing to sort of take a moment and tune in but that is sort of also the mythology the thing that bugs me and that i am trying to get across is do we not have meltdowns and breakdowns and car problems and things like that outside of the retrogrades every day of yeah, course right? every day so <laughs> i think there's just more more attention placed on it and i think that you know i've had I've had times when I was going to go crazy because of computer problems or whatever the case may be that had nothing to do with the retrograde. Yeah. Um, I had a period last October that, you know, almost put me in a, in a, I don't know, whatever, something, but it just drove me crazy (laughs) and, and it had nothing to do with the retrograde. So it is more attention placed on it. And that leads us right into the concept of superstition. It is a superstitious thing, but I'll also say I started out as a naysayer, you remember, and at this point I go, you know, there may be something to it. Let's see what happens. And right now in the sky, Mercury is only less than two degrees, a little more than two degrees ahead of Mars. So symbolically, it's going backwards toward Mars, and Mars and Mercury don't always get along so well. (laughs) Absolutely. And I, yeah, go ahead. Mo, you mentioned that that passive-aggressive thing, and I was uh, really think everyone should be so aware of passive-aggressive tendencies with that Mars in Pisces, and uh, yeah. wow, yeah, so Mars what, in Pisces can be crazy passive-aggressive. So, <laughs> so Chris, what would be an example of passive-aggressive where you're you're in denial of your own aggression, and but the, at the same time you actually just happen to leave the bag of nails on your partner's seat in the car. <laughs> You are just like totally, well, oh, that was an accident. Is that sort of what we mean by passive aggression? I don't know if passive aggressive is always um, unintentional or intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for some, it's a way of life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, you know, I have Mars and Pisces in my chart and um, it used to be unintentional. And uh, since, since I've wised up a bit, now I see it and, uh, and try and, and not allow myself to do it. But I love that. I have Mars and Pisces too, and I tend to want to stay unconscious about it so I can like be. Oh, I, did, I didn't mean to hurt that to, you to trip over that. Dang! <laughs> yeah. But next time you talk to me like that, no, I'm teasing. Um, See, for me, yeah. the the, cons- the the best passive aggressive example is this. Hey, what would you like for dinner tonight? Oh, I yeah. don't care. Whatever you want to have. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's have chili. <gasps> Oh, okay. <laughs> That's passive aggressive. I love that. We I had this conversation <laughs> with the Pisces absolutely. on that. 
Yeah, you did. Yes, I did. I I actually had a conversation with a Pisces about being passive aggressive. And when you say you don't care, you really do care. But it's like, all right, well, then make up your mind kind of energy. Yes. Oh, I love it. Well, I do think you have to understand on a psychological perspective, the true meaning of passive aggression is where the person is typically in denial of their aggression. So in other words, it is where you accidentally leave their prized possession on the edge of the ledge that you know when the door shuts it's going to fall over and crack and Mm -hmm. only happens when you're kind of mad at them and the other thing is passive aggressive like mo what you said is when no okay chili whatever you want i'll have and they make chili and you don't say anything and that night in bed you are just you know, letting gas go. And they're like, sorry. <laughs> You're the one who wanted chili. That's right. You're the one that wanted chili. I love it. Okay. So on the topic of superstitions, do you guys have, um, do you, do you guys have a little bit of like one superstition that you kind of like is your favorite that you kind of honor, but nobody really knows about, or you don't talk a lot about, I mean, are there superstitions within our minds right now that, you know, like stepping on cracks or, you know, like, is there any black cats, ladders, things like that, that you guys are carrying anybody? I have to say that I have seen a lot of snakes in the last couple of days. (laughs) And I know it's because I go outside to walk every day and I'm walking twice as far as, you know, usual. So I, I, you know, in my right brain, I'm going, okay, this is okay because I'm taking longer walks. So, of course, I'm going to naturally see more creatures. But at the same time, I have a superstition about the snakes because of many things that have happened to me in my past when I have seen snakes. So that's my main main superstition well, right Kat, now. Well, Kat, it is the year of the snake. Oh, and it is. That's right, Bo. I forgot about that. Great, great point. Yes, they are. And they and do have something I'm... to do with, like, unexpressed sexual desires, no? Or yeah? <laughs> I don't think so. From what I understand. Stand cat, probably not that. That's right. No, no. What is ironic about it is I actually I I was in a situation last night, and then somebody said to me, and I had seen snakes all like the last few days, and then somebody said, "Oh, look, there's a snake in the window," and I looked up above me, and there's a snake like crawling right across. But somebody else had wow. noticed it. So oh my it was, gosh! Yeah, it was kind of cool. It, it's like I'm being followed by snakes. Mm. Okay, so you, you have live a somewhere little... very dangerous. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? You live somewhere very dangerous. So Africa, true. right? I mean, there aren't you in the tri- Australia, Australia, the outback. Yeah. I know, Mark. You can validate this, but I I run into some crazy creatures. I mean, I I sent him a photo of like a gray fox one night, yeah. and you know, I I and and well, you look at you with the black bear that I saw out there when I was in in Colorado. I but know, never saw I, a bear until cat comes. There's one in my front yard. Honest oh my to gosh. God, really. Run into the craziest creatures that I, and I saw a mountain lion here and a and a, a jaguar. I mean, they just I'm out out there with the Dahlia. Okay, were you going to say something, Chris? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, my my sound just cut out for a sec, but it it's did. all right. Yeah, it, it did on all of us, I think. Okay, so um, any superstitions other like some like if you spill salt, does it, do any of you like throw it over your shoulder? Used to. Used, used to? to every single time. As a matter of fact, my kids do now because I did it when they were young and now I never do it. And so I really feel guilty about that. But once you get into why something, you know, why that's a superstition, you begin to kind of get it. You know, and you say, oh, OK, I'm not a Roman centurion being paid in salt. 
So, which is the word salary comes from that. Uh, so, uh, when you spilled your salt, you were literally throwing away your your ration, your food, and it was considered very bad luck. Uh, and also, in some cultures, when you spilled salt, when at any time you dissolved salt or you uh, threw the grains out, it was considered, and it wasn't intentional, then it was considered to, to draw demons. So throwing it over the left shoulder appeased the demon coming after you. It got, it got its salt, and then you were okay. Mm. And when you kind of realize all that, and you realize that you know, you're slipping and sliding on salt in the kitchen because you have thrown it over your shoulder so much, <laughs> you say, okay, I'm kind of done with that one. And uh, that was one I really did adhere to. You know? and That's of course, so the, good. It's fun yeah. that I would mention that one, actually. Um, any, any others? Because I'm thinking, like, while you were talking, uh, I knock wood. Um, but I don't knock wood. I know it's to sort of like honor the ele- the wood elementals. No, Mo? I mean, something like that? The- kind of. What it is, uh, the, the Druids believed and the Celts that um, spirits of our ancestors became trees. So we would have ancestral spirits within the trees. When you knocked on wood, you were asking for their help in whatever it was. See, it's all fun to not believe in any of this stuff until you're in desperate, right? And when I'm desperate, yes. give me the salt, give me the wood. What up? Yeah, yeah. I, I knock on wood too. I do. I do too. Yeah, I yeah. think it's fun I used to. to. I don't anymore. So I like to rub it though. Um, yeah. No, wait a minute. That could be misconstrued. Oh, yes, it could. Oh, okay, yeah. forget that. You cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, but it's probably true. And um, the so okay, the, the the idea though then is superstitions can be the fine line between um, our belief in overcoming fear, for example. So, what's the difference between a superstition and pulling a tarot card? Can we get into a little bit about the differences in an oracle and a superstition? Anybody? An opinion? Uh, do you mind? I'll, I'll dig no, in. Dig um, in. For me, see, superstitions all trace back to belief systems held usually by ancient cultures, and they forget why they believe them. So the black cat thing, which is a terrible superstition, uh, because once upon a time, uh, you didn't just have to drive backwards around the block to where the cat crossed your path. You know, there were other things that would be done. And it's very inhumane. And, uh, you know, black cats are are kitties. We love them. So but those types of things come from antiquated belief systems that once upon a time were religion some form of religion based upon magic or folklore, whatever. You see, we call mythology mythology, but at one time it was someone's religion. Mm. So when we pull a tarot card, we are, we are not equating it necessarily with cause and effect. Superstition is about cause and effect, in my opinion, right? Right. Yeah. If I walk under a ladder, a guy's going to drop a, a hammer on me, right? right. <laughs> it happens. Right. Or, I mean, I've dropped a hammer more than once on a ladder, and I was just on the ladder for fun, you know. But the point is, is that uh, there are reasons for superstitions. When we pull a card, we are not saying this card is going to cause this effect. We know empirically, even though that sounds ridiculous talking about anything psychic, but it happens to be true that we tap into information that gives us knowledge to help people. It's not about 
superstition. Does that make sense? I I don't know. It does make it's it's a good explanation. But let's continue that because I have some ideas to add on that. Kat, what were you thinking? I I do too because I really have. Okay, so when I used my cards over time as I created uh, the kaleidoscope deck, like as I worked with it over the years from a very young, you know, I was young, I was a teenager. So I was naive and I didn't understand what I, what I was doing when I started out. And as I realized, and for musician is I cannot, I cannot leave the negativity. If there's something negative coming through a reading, I will shuffle my cards again and, and, like create something positive beyond the negativity so I can push beyond that. So I, as I, I read the cards, I am superstitious of leaving negative card. I mean, I seriously work through the negativity. Of course you have to predict the negativity, but you have to get beyond it. Like I am very cautious about that. I don't know if it's a superstition of mine or to not leave it at a certain place, but I always go beyond. Does that make any sense? Because I feel like energetically our subconscious thoughts create our conscious reality. And then we have to somehow get through that. So I, Mm. I try to work with the energy that way. So I see what I did. I see. And I understand that cat because I used to feel the same way. What I did is I spent a week with every card that scared me or that bothered me Mm. every day. The death card, the seven of swords, the five of discs. Um, I, I spent time with every card and said, do it to me. Teach me about what this is really about, because this is a part of life, you know. Right. And and this is very common amongst people who do what we do. Back in the old days, if you were doing a geomantic reading or an astrological geomantic reading, if you had Scorpio on the Ascendant, or Rubius as it was known, you tore it up, you threw it away. Some people still today, when they do horary astrology... Um, or elective astrology. If they get Scorpio rising, they tear it up and they don't they don't do anything for two hours. That is superstition. Right. That's really true. And I think that where I come in to the there's a personal superstition that we have that certain things you do over and over. It's called conditioning. I'm sure it's, it's sort of what Pavlov syndrome, where if you do something and it tends to work out right for you to do it that way and then you do it again and it works out right again. I think there's normal for us to go, let's not rock that boat. <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's exactly what we that's, Right. That's so, true. you know, and so I think that there's the opportunity to um, watch that. But then I'll notice in myself, just like I have a phobia, I have Mars and Pisces, like I told you. And I, I think part of me has a phobia of addiction. I, I mean, in other words, if the, I love this and I'm really getting into it. And then I go, oh, my God, one day, like, let's say it's about getting out of the bed the right way or something. I don't know, whatever it is that people come up with. And let's say you do it and it's good days when you're doing it. Then you realize someday you're not going to be in that bed. And some days you're going to be in another room. And then if you <laughs> believe this too much, you're going to be like... You know, totally screwed because you don't have – you can't recreate it. So I have to bust it. And so I have a natural instinct to to bust habit that might turn into good luck or that I think is creating a sort of good fortune for me. And also I don't like to think that way because I like to believe that it it is – that we're silly little – um, people t- trying to do a voodoo dance to make life work okay, and rather than just kind of going into a place of trust. So, 
just a, a personal idea around our own personal superstitions. I don't see anything wrong with them. I do think we have them, but I think they're um, important to keep under control. Well, you know, this can be very dangerous. And let me tell you why. I Last year, about this time of year, not quite, a little bit, it was like March or April, I suddenly developed double vision. And I was at the grocery store, literally looked down at something. When I got up, everything was double. And I drove home like that. And it was the strangest thing because I had everything I saw was two. And so this was, this was you know, and I, I happened to mention it to someone. They said, oh, someone's put a spell on you. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm acute enough at what I do that I would know if mm-hmm. someone put a spell on me. So now I could have gone to the local, you know, because I knew some voodoo people back in Louisiana. And I could have gone back to that old tradition and stuff. But I realized, wait a minute. There is, There has to be a reason for it. And this is what I think is important. One of the things that, that my tradition teaches um, those of us who do this is never use by magic that which you can do in the real world otherwise and simpler. And number two, never look for a magical reason for something when it might be something very simple. Mm-hmm. Right? Occam's razor. So it turned out to be... Mark and his guests will be right back after this short intermission. use a little help from our friends as we move through our daily lives with all of the various ups and downs. I'm Kathleen. My friends, the archangels and other light beings, invite you to join us at Kathleen Peterson and Friends at 11 a.m. every Friday, where I channel their messages of love, support, encouragement, and guidance. Won't you join us? At Kathleen Peterson and Friends, right here at One Two Radio, changing the way we think about the world. Yes, I get by with a little help from my friends, with a little help from my friends. What do you see when you look deeply into your heart? Can you see your heaven on earth? Is the enchanted garden in your heart filled with an abundance of flowers, angels, unicorns, waterfalls, maybe rainbows? If it isn't yet, allow your garden to fully bloom now. My name is Anushi Asta. I am the host of Heaven on Earth, a weekly show where I help you plant the seeds of abundance and love into your heart's garden so that you can live your dream life. Tune in Thursdays at noon Pacific here on One Two Radio where we are changing the way you listen to the world. So there I am standing before a pile of rocks in the yard, a 30-something stay-at-home wife and mother of two adorable daughters. I have a house to tend, I have meals to cook, and I am sleep-deprived. I pulled these rocks to plant flowers. It's what you do, right? My babies nap, and I should too, but here I am just staring at those rocks. How did I get here? I'm a concert pianist, an artist. It's all I know. 
two buckets of water later, I'm washing those rocks, one at a time. My mind wanders, searching for understanding. And just like that, the desire to find the through line is born. Join Christine every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to listen and discuss all the amazing ways the through line is showing itself to you. That's the through line with Christine DeMaurier, live on 1-2 Radio, Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Looking to be motivated, motivated, activated, activated, inspired, inspired, empowered, empowered. In passion, in passion, call me call Susan Dentino on one two listen I will get you I will get the answers you seek. Together we will make it happen. In a land of myths and a time of magic. Oh, yes, Merlin's magic and ancient stones. What? No, not those kind of stones. I mean Stonehenge, Avebury, Glastonbury, Tintagel, Merlin's Cave. Come and find out more about being on the Merlin's Magic and Ancient Stones Tour with Val Camosi and me, Erica Longdon. Friday at 8 Pacific on 1-2 Radio. Hi, I'm Mark Husson. When I created 12listen.com, I envisioned a service that could offer immediate relief from the dilemmas of daily life. On demand. I knew that many of you have been hurt by similar services on the internet because I've been in this industry for over 25 years, and I know that when you're hurt, the promise of a fix sounds irresistible, regardless of who's offering. The advisors at 12listen.com are extraordinary, not because they've endured weeks of observation and testing, but because they promise to make their work here their number one priority. That means you will be speaking to someone who's here for you. We're not a perfect service, but we believe becoming a perfect service starts with having the courage to strive for perfection. I am Mark Husson and 12listen.com and the 12 family are my purpose. Give us a try. And if you've tried us before, try again because I'm convinced that life is better when you don't feel alone. Thank you. This is Heather Hildebrand, host of Days of Faith. You're listening to 12 Radio, changing the way. We listen to the world. If you'd like to be a guest on a panel, drop a note to voices at 12radio.com. And now, here's Mark. Thing When it might be something very simple, right? Occam's razor. So it turned out to be a medication that my doc, ex-doctor put me on. <laughs> He's an ex-doctor for a reason. Right. And uh, it turned out that he never checked on me or asked me any questions. And that's what was causing the double vision. Wow. I, I did the, my own research and said, oh, this is, I'm the 1%, you know, of mm-hmm. the people. So I'll never take Viagra because I'll go blind, deaf, but I'll be very, anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. You'll be rubbing wood. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's oh, dear. Cool. I love that. <laughs> I can't see you, but would you come over here? <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those situations where 
we have we we who do this for a living we who are the interface between our world and what we might call the normal world whatever that means right the real world yeah. although i feel think it's very normal we have a duty in my opinion to be rational um it doesn't mean we have to you see i don't judge other people's beliefs but I keep a close rein on mine. Does that make sense? I don't know yes, if that makes sense or I not. I agree with Absolutely. that wholeheartedly. I love the way you said that. Yeah, it makes yeah. perfect sense, Mom. feel the same way. Rational is, is the key. <laughs> it is the key because I think what happens is we tend to we – can, we can make anything become a, – a, like you could have gone with the magic route and then hunted down right. somebody. You never – and still taking your medication, never figured it out. <clears throat> or maybe you were researching enough. You run out of medication. Your eyes clear up and you think it's that voodoo spell got taken off of you. <laughs> so, exactly. well, that would be where the paranoia would come in for me. It's true. And I you do know? agree that we have a responsibility to kind of bring – things back to a certain rational place before we go there because that's the hysteria that gets started now do you at all um chris with astrology and and when you run a chart do you ever see um aspects in somebody's chart that you worry about for them um no i don't i i only see aspects in a chart as just the energy that they have to work with and and it can always go either way, depending on how you use it. Um, I may, you know, say, uh, you know, you've got Saturn in your seventh house. So, you know, relationships are going to be some work for you. But it doesn't mean you're never going to have a good <laughs> yeah, relationship. Right. That, would be, that would be me, my chart. Right. right now? Saturn is in – I have Saturn and Chiron uh, conjunct in Pisces in the seventh house. It's and seventh, Mercury. Yeah. Right, and Mercury's going retrograde in Pisces, so I I feel that. I I feel, you know, people, I can expect with every Mercury retrograde that my entire past history of relationships (laughs) are coming back to haunt me, and they do. (laughs) That would be three people for me, so it's no problem. (laughs) Not me, unfortunately. (laughs) But only one if you're not taking that medication, right, Mo? That's right. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> so here's the thing. If you like tarot cards for me, like, okay, so back to the issue of superstition versus um, an oracle. Uh, if you, I do believe Carl Jung believed that there were universal archetypes. There were symbols that belonged to us that were in the collective mind and that the, that a card uh, can be made to be that. And I think, um, how do you guys feel about the idea of oracle and oracle, any oracle, being used because you have the intent that it's going to talk to you or speak to you. Is it that easy? Can you just say, I'm going to pull this card and that'll be what I go with. And that makes it real. Cause I know the world does that. Or is it something that you think is, should be taken a little more seriously? What is just some opinions about it? Anybody, if you don't I, have one, it's okay. Go ahead, Kat. Go ahead, Kat. I struggled with this. So I take it very seriously. And I feel like there has to be going back to that word of what was the word, Mo, that you used about being uh, not practical? What was the word you used? Rational. Rational. Yes. When I pull cards and and I go through phases, as I'm sure all of you do, but we go through phases of whether we're going to even be looking at our lives day to day or and sometimes I challenge my cards to make sure they're clear for everyone else. So I I practice. I'm, I'm my own guinea pig. So when I'm using cards, yes, I the symbols mark. If I I don't I'm not the person that pulls one card. When someone says, "Oh, pull a card for me," I'm 
I can't go with one card. Like for me, I need more information. Mm. So I really can't. I know many people wake up in the morning and they go, we're going to pull a card for the day and live by that. And I just can't go there because I feel like there's so much more to your story or to the, you know, what if you're missing something that you really need to know? So I feel I go beyond that. Does that make sense, Mark? It does make sense. And I think Absolutely. That, yeah, I go ahead, Chris. The, I feel the same exact way. I, just one card just isn't enough. Even if I am asking a yes or no question for myself and I, <clears throat> I pull one card and it's, you know, it might be clearly a no or it's kind of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And so then I pull another card and then I, I even pull a third card. Me <laughs> too. Mm-hmm. I, I use three for yes, no, too. Or I, I, I shuffle three. my deck and I say, you know, I need you to be super clear here because I really need a good answer. And then I pull another card. Right. All right. I do the same thing. I'll be the odd man out. I believe that if you have worked with it, you can get one card. One card can tell you because one card, I don't know how to put this, but when I work with Tarot and I've been working with it, you know, most of my life, I get almost like moving pictures inside my head that one card creates and I'm used to it. You know, I, I don't think I need medication for it or anything, <laughs> but it's one of those things where the information sifts through. I actually had a major breakthrough. Uh, now, here's the thing. I believe that any oracle, if you are sincere, can give you information. But the more you put into it, the more you will get out of it. And I think that's the key. There are people who don't have the temperament as to be as, let's call it dedicated rather than crazy as we are, right, <laughs> our group, uh, who don't have the dedication to spend their lives studying these things. But eventually... The information, because people say to me, do you put, you know, silk around your cards? No, they're cardboard. You know, they're expensive cardboard, so I'm not going to let you shuffle them because you'll ruin them. Or, But I don't believe that there is anything special about the paper itself. It's about the integration and the intent of the reader with the right. universe and with the, the forces of chance. And when you pull that card, by God, the answer comes. And it should come overwhelmingly. I love this story, Mark, if you don't mind me telling it. Uh, Back in the old days at the 12th house, a man came in. He wanted a reading. Uh, We used to do half-hour readings, as you recall. And he came upstairs, and I turned over the art card, and the only thing I could see was the skull on the Crowley deck on the crucible of the art card. And I, and I, it just, it overwhelmed me. And I said to him, what in the world do you have to, why, why is a human skull? And he said, oh, I'm a mortician. <laughs> and, and that taught me so much. You know, of course, you're supposed to be professional. You don't want to show them that you're about to pee in your pants from excitement, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but this is what the Oracle can be, at least in my opinion. So I, I do the one card. I, it tells me a lot. Okay, so do you though do you do you believe that there has to be some work done to build the relationship between that oracle or you know I kind of I have to do this. I have to say I um there's a million oracle decks out there. A million oracle decks. Now, Tarot is an oracle, but it's a specific kind of oracle. I'd like I understand the difference people listening to them. Their Tarot is not Every tarot deck is an oracle, but not every oracle is a tarot deck. I'll put it that way. So 
do you have do you think you have to get your mind integrated with it or can you just coldly walk in pull a card hold an intent that it will have meaning for you and use the meaning and i mean that very innocently do you guys have an opinion about that is there the difference between developing that rapport or is it just random and we can use it it's a language you have to learn the language okay so you think that you we should probably have a little connection to the oracle we're playing with do, do you guys I, agree? I do. I totally do. Yes. I, I have to. I'm working with this deck, as you all have seen it in person live, or, or I know Mo and, and Mark. I I feel like I have a relationship with a specific. And and I know I can't just walk into somewhere and, and pick up a card. Say say someone comes in with their own deck of t- tarot cards. They, they do it all the time. They'll say, you know, can you read these or what? I, I, for some reason, I have to feel a connection, like a, a familiarity or a a knowing or a co- like. I don't know. I, I have to feel connected to the deck mm-hmm. for some reason. I, and it ha- but e- but even when I go inside my mind, which is what I normally do anyway, it's not all about you know the oracle. For me, I think we're all walking oracles in our own minds because we we have that kind of obsessive compulsive desire to see and and tra- you know. We hyper-focus on things and we have visions like Mo said, but I, I have to feel connected to what it is that I'm reading. I can't just like pick up any card of any deck and read it. Right, and I think it I, was – go ahead, Chris. Say, I, I yeah, I, 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 find, I, I do believe that you, you, you can pick up any card from any deck and get something from it. Yes. But, but the, the richness that comes by yes. learning – point. Great point deck and everything it it it's just um there's no comparison i I, swear to god i knew you were going to say the word richness because i i mean i just it's that mars and pisces thing psychic well you know it's so funny because i feel i think it was even mo or carl young i get them both confused said to me (laughs) once um that you and i'm mo i really think it might have been you we were learning the I Ching and mo was because we had a way of doing it and it might be in the Wilhelm Baines book, but he said to the degree that you ask this question, to the if you ask a flip question, prepare to get a flip answer. Oh, yes, great right. point. I love that. And so yeah. you, you, if you're just pulling a quick card, well, like, should I buy this or should I date this person? You're going to get a really fast answer. So the richness is so key here to deepen the thing because we've all had omens, cats, see snakes. We drive by, something happens. I think the ability to get our mind to to work with our mind to translate that. So that's like first the conscious hit, and then it's got to seep into the subconscious or to to, to the unconscious. Well, let's say subconscious. And and what I want to do is bring. Um, uh, first of all, let you guys have some thoughts for people that are listening during this Mercury retrograde period. Some closing thoughts on superstitions, on on how to overcome some of the fears, how to break some of those bad habits that we have. And then I'd like you to, to uh, we'll come back around and I want you all to talk about what you're teaching and where people can learn from you uh, with this current cycle. Because I think learning under a retrograde is probably a really smart idea. So let's see if you any of you have thoughts. I would like each of you to have something to give people who would like to break fear of superstition or how do you work with a retrograde if you're just firmly believing it's going to be a bad cycle? Do, anything? Anybody? I would... Go, go ahead. ahead, Mo. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. You're so cute, you guys. Okay, I'll, I'll assign. <laughs> Mo, go ahead and start. All right. Here's the point. If you have a fear that you hold inside of you, that fear will manifest. It's just yes. that simple. Um, 
let go of the fears and realize that caution and awareness can can really be much better than any fear. I mean, you should you should be very aware, for example, when driving because people texting are dangerous. Um, don't fear them. Be aware of them. Right. That's the whole point. The retrograde is it. There is probably a, a bit of a manifestation, but it's nothing you can't deal with if you pay attention. So it's all about consciousness and let go of the fear, because when you hold it in as a tension inside of you, it's going to come about. You you see to it. You make it happen. That's very good. That's good. Kat, go ahead. I, I agree with what Mo said, and I also, uh, you know, would suggest planning a little uh, bit in advance. I always, you know, I the t- the um, crossing your T's, dotting your I's, double checking. There are many people who travel for business or pleasure, and I always, you know, I, I get many phone calls during the retrograde before people are traveling because they want to make sure there are no delays with their flights and things like that. But you, if you plan in advance and you stay, like Mo said, aware, I feel like you you circumvent just like any other day of the year. How, you know, issues that you, you would deal with if, if you weren't paying attention. That, that's the bottom. And, and I think hyper-focusing, using the word manifestation, sometimes we can create, you know, con- you know, subconsciously. It's like watching the pot of water that doesn't boil. But if you're watching something else and you're waiting for it to happen, just like my dryer, God knows why it's going on the blink again every retrograde. But it's because, of the day, you know, I probably go into this space of, okay, the dryer's going to go down. You know, something like that. But in any case, hmm. I just feel, I feel really, truly um, confident that it's never as bad as everybody mm-hmm. is afraid of. It's, you know, it's not as negative as you're fearing it's going to be. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I think also, um, you know, when you say let go of the fear, um, <laughs> what does that even look like? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, the the first thing to do when, um, it, you know, when you know you need to let go of this fear or whatever is first just even notice when it's happening. You That's know, just, yes. just notice when it's happening. And if you, if you, if you catch yourself, you know, just breathe through it and then, um, go about your business. And then next time you do it again until after a while you can, um, you can just redirect your, redirect your thinking or, um, I don't know, just reprogram yourself. But the first thing to do is actually even notice that you're doing it. Yeah, recognition is the first start to so many things. Did any of you guys play a game with yourself? Like, did you ever do this as a kid? Because I did it obsessively. Like, I would set up a rule. Okay, you got to beat that card to the stoplight or you're going to have a shit day. <laughs> like, did y'all ever do that? I do that. Sure. Right? And, and then I realized I was really, and if I did, I'd go, okay, two out of three because I'd lose, you know, or something. <laughs> but, uh, then I realized, that um, a lot of times I have to go when I can't stop an obsessive thought that, that might be a little heavier than I want it to be. I, com- I completely embrace the idea of two concepts, a, a, a loving being, God, and my inner child. And like the, I, I want that relationship to – I want to bring a sense of love and compassion in somehow. And sometimes I project it that way so that I wouldn't torture a little kid like that 
where, you know, it's like, I don't care what you do, step on all the cracks you want, lose all the personal races <laughs> that you set up. You're going to be okay no matter what, because we have the lucky carpet that we're on always. And so I always try to have a little happy voice, a happy saying, a little sense of confidence, because I don't want to believe and I won't believe that uh, we've been abandoned here to, to our own sense of like torturous mind games. So I do love that um, we can, we have our, our ways to overcome our fears and our little choices. And, and I think you're right. I think awareness is part of it. And then also I have those little quirky things like dryers shorting, you know, during certain cycles. And I, and to me, it's sort of like, I try to go into that place where there is an ignorance that we have. Like we can't, we can't understand the workings of the world in that right. much complex. So we have to be dumb about it. Like that is like a cool phenomenon. I was thinking maybe you all are just sweating more under the retrograde. Or something. <laughs> oh, no. that's, that's how I love to view it as the mystery. The you know, yeah. when something happens and, and it's, and it, it's perfect. It aligns with the retrograde and the radio doesn't work or the whatever I go. How cool is that? I know. And yeah. or or the opposite, like why do all these opportunities always come under the retrograde? Imagine if right. you were somebody who believed they were bad and so we can't take any of them. And so like, then you're this person <laughs> who goes nothing ever happens good under the retrograde and you just got all these offers but you wouldn't take them because you were taught something different. Exactly. Right, you were in fear, Crazy. right. So, so it's like me and my house hunting. Yes. I always call I call Mark during the, right at the start of every single retrograde for the last 4 years. <laughs> And this is like into our fifth year. I go, I think I found my house. I have the, t I swear to God, they all start with that. I found it for sure. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm so happy. I'll text him. I'll call him a few minutes later and I'll go, too small, not enough space. Listen, he already knows it's not the house because it's always in a retrograde. It's so, it's funny. so funny. That's good. I like that though. And I do think, um, I think you're going to find your perfect home and you'll know when, because for me, it was the one that I was the only one I didn't go crazy over. Right. Kind of funny. Um, so let's do, um, let's do a recap of where you guys can be found and, and what you're up to, because I think these people need to be, I love the idea that we have good people teaching and that just is the world to me. And that's what I'm here to help facilitate. So Kat, talk about your class. A lot of people have been asking about your class. Like you're not starting one until after the retrograde. I know that. That's correct. And so that is um, – so do we have a date for that yet or just so they check back with you on your show? Tell them. I, I will go ahead and make an announcement at uh, around the – when the sun goes into Aries, that's when I really want to start. It feels like a fresh new year and I, I'm excited about the cycle. But it's a series one a psychic development with the tarot cards and there are three series or, or two more following. So we go through a round of – of, of class. It's been a really exciting journey. I'm coming into my third year. Uh, it's already been two years. Yes, two years over at 1-2 Academy that I've been teaching the classes and everyone has been loving it and they I, I still get great responses from the first group of students saying, you know, they go to other classes and when they come out with the information, you know, they, they've been shocking some teachers out there in the world. So I'm very excited for them and everybody's really happy reading for other people at this point from the first round. So I, I'm excited to bring it back to One Two Academy here uh, when the sun goes into Aries because I am superstitious of starting during the retrograde. <laughs> okay, so it is um – it is a uh, beginning psychic development with the Tarot class, right? Did you say that? Yes, it is. It, and it's for beginners or professionals. I, I have a mix of both, uh, and and we take it to every level. So it's it's okay. been very, very, very rewarding. Very cool. 
Chris, are you teaching? Are you are you doing readings? Tell people how they can find you. Well, if currently, you I'm I'm doing some astrology work, Yay. and I have my own uh, chrisbouchard.com. And yesterday, we I just launched a <laughs> brand new site, um, and it is for right now. It is a blog. Um, we have a group of wonderful people sharing their um, way of living from their heart. And um, I, my intention is uh, probably in the fall to start offering uh, classes online mm. and doing some, doing some retreats. And uh, that is thevisionaryheart.com. And yes, I launched it the day before Mercury went <laughs> retrograde. <She did. laughs> that's what, I love that. That's awesome. And so, yeah. um, and, and so that's already launched. So people can go there and look now, right? Yes, I would love that. It's thevisionaryheart.com. Very nice. And Chris, thank you so much for playing with us today. It's been a lo- too long. We're going to bring you My back. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, I would love that. And um, and Mo, what what are you teaching? You are always teaching, right? Well, I yes, I um, I think I taught this year so far something, but I don't remember what. But <laughs> you did. A I'm going to uh, I'm going to be teaching tarot again. I'd also like to teach a, a what I would call a middle level tarot class. Uh, so those who have taken the first one, but I'm excited about the class that I will be teaching starting on the retrograde um, because that doesn't bother me so much. So, but it's going to be on using regular playing cards as a divination divination tool. Ooh, cool! And uh, awesome. because really, I used to do card tricks, and no one likes card tricks. After a while, they get boring. Everyone loves having their cards read. So. <laughs> Why not? Why not go from a um, someone who people avoid at a party to someone people stand in line to see? So that's what this class is going to be about. Very simple, but playing card divination. This is a an old technique, probably from the Victorian age, and uh, very obscure. And the meanings of the cards are not the same as tarot. I'm also uh, doing a public appearance. We'll see how it goes. It's uh, for those of you in the Denver metro area. You can find out about it through uh, meetup.com, Denver Tarot events, and um, we'll see if it's ill-advised or not. <laughs> I love that. Well, the one you couldn't remember, Mo, was the Love Magic class. That That's right. That's right. And it did actually very well. People are having results. And, uh, of course, people, you know, they're, I say, subtle, relaxed, but they're actually, things are happening. I love you know? that. And see, I also think that... Um, I, I just finished a class on how to place the planets in your chart. It's been really ah. kind of exciting just because I wanted people to do so. When I say the moon's at this degree, they know what to do. They don't right. know what to do with it once they do that, but at least that's a big start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it was a good uh, get back to basics under the retrograde class to have. And I do think that Mercury going backwards does give our mind some expansiveness. So kind of the opposite idea. But, you know, I love respecting – the intuition you guys we all have intuition we all know what the right timing for us is and and like chris had said as long as we're aware of it you go with it and that's you don't disrespect your own what you've been taught and what you believe to be true as long as you're aware that you're actually doing it so i do love that Uh, i'm glad we're all teaching and that that's to me that's really what it's about that we're sharing our wisdom we're letting it be a safe haven for people to come and learn. And what you're teaching is uh, giving, you're giving knowledge. And we all know that uh, knowledge equals the death of fear. And so that to me is like, yes, we're fear busting. And so I'm excited. Beautifully about said. Yeah. Beautifully said. Well, I love that. I'm so excited that you all are part of it. And I want us to keep going and keep doing. So you guys listening in, 
embrace who you are, embrace what you learned, challenge thoughts and beliefs that you did not acquire on your own experience, okay? And then um, follow up with us. Uh, you know how to find each and every one of, uh, one of us, Kat, Chris, and Mo. You guys are so much fun to have. I feel so safe and so brimming with wisdom. I can't stop myself. So please, you will you will, will be invited to play with us again on One Too Many Voices. And those of you listening, please follow up these guys. Please.